and welcome to the Creative Christians Chat Show. I'm Brendan Conboy, the dog in the pod. This show is bursting with creative stories, ideas and inspiration with a Christian perspective. So let's get on with the show. Welcome back to the Creative Christians Chat Show. Uh, this is a, another first. I love firsts because uh, today we've got two guests, two special guests. Philip Wilder is back with us from Colorado and he's brought a friend, Hi. Connie White. Hi. <laughs> you are in Great Colorado, to be here. aren't you? <laughs> I'm sorry? Philip, you are in Colorado, aren't you? Yes, I'm yeah. in Colorado. Connie isn't, though. Where are I you? am in Georgia. Georgia, Atlanta. Well, a couple hours north, but yeah, close. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right. That's, that's all everybody knows about Georgia. So. Yeah. <laughs> so why are you both on here today? Good question, <laughs> isn't it? To start with. What what have you got to chat about? What's what's going on? Yes. Well, Connie and I, we have been working feverishly for the last year and a half to get out this new book that we're that we just recently released and it is called single isn't second best and it is about shifting the perspective on christian singleness and the hope is to get this into christians hands whether they be single or not because we've learned through the process that there's a lot of things in this book that people who care a lot about helping their single friends could really use as they step forward to just come alongside their single friends to break down false lies but particularly for single Christians, this is a really good book for finding confidence in who you are, uh, learning that God can work even through singleness and just breaking down a bunch of lies as far as does God promise marriage and what does a lifelong of single, what does lifelong singleness look like? Is it a terrible trap like I believed when I was single or can it be life-giving and joyful and just filled of adventure and following God, just like marriages. And so um, ultimately, the point is not to break down marriage and say that marriage isn't good. Marriage is great. God created marriage for a reason, you know, <laughs> but God also made us all to be single, at least for a season. And so our hope with this book is to say like, look, yes, marriage is up here at this level, but singleness is also at that same level. It's just our lives that culture has thrown at us to convince us that singleness is second best. But yeah. as the title in this book suppose, um, suggests, singleness isn't second best. But you, Philip, you're married. I don't know about Connie. Are you, are, are you married, Connie? We are actually both married, yes. Not to each other? Not to each other. Oh, what, living in Colorado <laughs> and, and, and Georgia. Right. So, so you're both married? So anybody that knows that you're both married and looks at a book that says singleness is, is not second best, they could look at that and say, yeah, it's okay for you to say that. Easy for you to say. You're married. Right. You're not where I am. <laughs> <laughs> well, we actually have a chapter that's called Why Should We Care What Two Married People Think? Um, because we knew that would come up. Um, from my perspective, I can tell you that I didn't get married until I was 33. So I do have, you know, I had a, a, so far more of my adulthood was single than was married. 
um, at this point in my, you know, married life. Um, so I do have a perspective on what it's like to be a Christian single for years past. Most of the time of my peers were all married and had kids. And, um, and my experience with that is that um, I was actually engaged twice when I was young. Um, and I ended up breaking, breaking both of those engagements off. And, and the reason I um, feel like I got engaged young both times is because I just felt like marriage was the next thing. It's the next thing you do. That's what you do. And, um, it was the formula and I, I wanted to do the next thing in the formula. And, um, but both times God never gave me peace about those relationships. In the end, I, I, I broke both of them off. And of course I wish that I had not done that and had realized that prior to accepting an engagement, but, um, but I don't regret waiting till 33 to get married. That is, I think the best path I could have taken. Um, and, uh, so just my encouragement that it's, it doesn't have to be your next thing. You can wait. And, um, God has a genuinely good path for all of us, whether it includes a significant other ever or not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and me, like once I got, once I, I had those two broken engagements, like marriage, I still wanted to get married, but it lost its seductive allure. Just the idea of being married, I realized yeah. couldn't be enough that like, I could see my future if I had married either of those two people and realized that that's not the trajectory I wanted my life to be on. And so I had a, a more grounded approach to like, okay, what do I want in a marriage? And, and let's not just settle for being married. Yeah, I love that expression you just used, seductive allure. Uh, There's so many single people out there that are so desperate to find somebody. Uh, I mean, I meet them every week, every week. Uh, And they even accept me if they're that desperate. (laughs) (laughs) But it is sad. It really is sad. Philip, what's your story? When did you get married? You know, that's what you're describing right there kind of really described me. I don't think I was quite that desperate, but, um, you know, I didn't have a single girlfriend until I was 25. And at that point, I have four siblings, two older brothers, two younger brothers, well, two younger sisters, sorry. And they, every single one of them got married before like 23. And so here I am 25 and I'd never had a single girlfriend and it was just so frustrating. I was like, God, what is going on? What is, what is my problem? Like, am I doing something wrong here? Like, am I ever going to find someone? And I just remember even before they vocalized, like wanting to get married, I was, I wanted to get married. Like it was just something that I wanted from a young age. And I share more about my story in the book, but, um, so I am married now. Yes, I got married at 27. And I just, you know, I built up this whole fantasy of what marriage is all about. And there's a chapter in this book called Breaking Down the Marriage Fantasy. <laughs> I had this idea of what marriage was. It's like, oh my gosh, it's going to make my life so full of joy, so full of meaning, so full of excitement. And like romance is just going to be awesome. And, you know, I am very happily married, very happily married. But the truth is, marriage is just like everything else on this earth in that it alone does not satisfy. 
you know, only Jesus can satisfy. And so I don't think I would have been equipped or able to write this book before I got married because I would have still had this crazy idea of what marriage would be. And it's just, it's just false. I mean, marriage is a great thing, but so is singleness. And I feel like I missed out on so many years of following God faithfully and joyfully and being content in my season of singleness because I held this crazy ideal of what marriage should be. Yeah. And it wasn't until I finally got married that I could see, oh, this is what marriage is. I'm happy to be here. I love being here. I love my wife. But this, it's not filling my life full of joy every single second. You know, there's, there's difficulty, there's problems, there's arguments and conflicts, you know, whatever. It just happens. We're humans. Yeah. It's a great thing, but it's also just another thing in life. You know, one of, and this is kind of a cheesy way to explain it and kind of short sells marriage somewhat, but it's like on Christmas Eve, you have these gifts underneath this tree that are all wrapped up and you think, oh my gosh, I can't wait to open these gifts. And once I get this uh, remote controlled car, that was, that was the thing for me when I was younger. Once I get this remote controlled car, oh, my life will be complete. I will never be bored again. Every single day will just be so full of excitement. I can do this thing. I can do that thing. It'll be amazing. And then I open up the gift and it's that exact remote controlled car that I've always wanted. And by the end of the day, you're bored. I realized. <laughs> yeah, by the end of the day, I realized. You know what? This is just another toy. I yeah. have a whole bin full of these toys, and this is just one more of them. And of course, marriage is vastly different than that. But um, in the same way, you know, marriage—it's—it's it's great. It's awesome, but it's not the answer. Mm. It's not going to satisfy us. It's not going to bring heaven down to earth. And after I got married and started seeing that, that's when I realized I've been idolizing marriage for years and I don't want anyone else to fall into the same trap. So that's one of the reasons why I really wanted to write this book with Connie. Yeah. Yeah. The, the yeah, set, the quote in the book from an, uh, another author, Alan Arnold, he says, um, the wealthy man is best qualified to tell you that money doesn't satisfy. And so, so that's kind of where we're coming from. Like, look, we've, we've been on both sides and we're here to tell you, yeah, I'm happily married too, but it, it, it does just become another normal part of your life. And, and it's, it's um, you can, you can become happy and complete as a single, and you can become happy and complete as a married person, but it takes work and the, the same kind of diligence both ways so mm -hmm. that completeness is is really important isn't it and but the lie says unless you are married you know the lie that people get in their head unless you are married you're not complete but as a christian that the, the truth is unless you've got jesus in your heart you're not complete and uh, so that's the truth but right. this book is i just i just think this book is so needed you know just by the people that I meet every week. It is so, so needed. How did it come about? <laughs> well, yeah. I had the idea. Um, I, I, even when I was still single, since I had sort of had that dispelling of the grass is greener myth um, as a single person, I saw my single peer friends 
um, sort of agonizing about the question more than I did. And it, it made me sad. I wanted to see them living full lives even now. And I had a friend, you know, recently tell me that, you know, when she was happiest as a single was when she was just trying to be, make good friends, not when she was desperately seeking for a man. And um, th that's what I wanted to see for my single friends. And it's kind of mulled over in my head over the years. Um, and uh, I recently had a friend's daughter who I was uh, hanging out with them and she's an adult now. And she said, you know, I just want to get married and start my life. And I thought, this is your life. <laughs> you don't, that's not what starting your life. And so it kind of refreshed that feeling of like, I think people need this book. And so I posted in an author Facebook group that Philip and I are both members of. And um, he chimed in and was like, I would, I would like to write about this topic as well. I'm actually passionate about it too. And um, so long story short, we both prayed about it. And, and I do feel like it's a topic that lends itself to both a male and female perspective, obviously. Um, I think that's a helpful thing to have and, and it, God just worked it out. I think he really brought us together to, for this purpose. Yeah. And I'd like to chime in for just a minute there to share my side of it a little bit more so because Connie posted this on that group and I'd never met Connie before. I, I didn't know who Connie was, but here's this post talking about Christian singleness and I start reading through and it's like, oh yeah, that's a, that's a very needed book. That would have been helpful when I was younger. And then I start reading through the comments of all these things that people are like, yeah, and you should talk about this and this. And every single comment, my heart was like, yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. We need to talk about that too. Oh, and oh my gosh. I wish I had known that. Oh, and that too. And it's just like, it kept going as I was reading through all these comments and there was like 500 comments on this wow. thread. So yeah, many comments. blew up. I had, and I was like, oh, this book really is needed. Yeah, <laughs> That's all <exactly>. your research. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So at the end of reading through all of those comments, I got to the bottom and like my heart was just like pounding. I was like, oh my gosh, this is something like so near and dear to my own heart. And I would love to encourage people in this. And I was like, I don't know who this person is. <laughs> I don't know what this is about. Uh, but I just really felt prompted by the Holy Spirit. It's like, you should just ask the crazy thing, Philip. Like, ask if you can co-write it with her. Like, yeah, she doesn't know you. You're just a random person in this group. But like, just ask, like, what's the worst that could happen? I was like, okay. And so I typed it up and asked, like, hey, I know you don't know me, but I'd love to co-write this with you. And she responded almost right away. Connie said like, yeah, you know, I would really like a guy to co-write this book with, like, let me pray about it. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, wow, this, this might actually happen. What? <laughs> and so uh, it was just a very special moment for me spiritually going through that. And just to be a part of this book. I mean, I think both Connie and I can agree that this book is far bigger than the both of us and that yeah. it's turned out to be something vastly different than what we originally had in mind. I mean, still with the same vision and the same heart behind it and the same purpose. But I mean, now that we have our proof copies in hand, it's like, wow, this is way bigger than us. And it's just so, so special to be a part of it. What One of your social posts, Philip, I'm not sure where I saw it, but you mentioned the hard work. The hard work writing that book was was hard work uh, is that because it was you were working with another author or because it's just the subject matter or how do you start with do you do you take a chapter each or do you 
Do you critique each other's work? Do you edit each other's work? And where does God come into that as well? You know, it's not just a, it's not a duo. It's a trio right in this book. I'm assuming, yeah, nodding heads. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> so how was, for anybody else, any other writers especially that might be thinking, oh, I'd, I'd love to write a book, but I don't know if I've got enough for a whole book. Maybe I can co-author with somebody. How'd you go about it or how did you go about it? I think Connie should start answering this, but Connie, be kind when you mention my uh, standard operating procedure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it worked well. Um <laughs> I mean, it was a lot of work just figuring out how to work together because nothing either of us had ever done before. Um, I created kind of this mind map. I don't know if you've ever seen the mind maps that have the little bubbles that come off yep. the other bubbles. And um, actually starting with those that thread of 500 comments and all of the different ways that that needed to take it. And, and then we sort of like parsed through them and like, okay, what does this thread boil down to? And what does this thread boil down to? And um, we, you know, eventually finalized the ideas for each chapter. I, I won't say we finalized the titles for each chapter because that came much later, but we at least finalized what we wanted this book to say and, and each topic that needed to be covered. And then we sort of went through and um, picked, you know, okay, well, this one is near and dear to my heart. This is, I, I really want to write this particular chapter. And some of them, you know, I have strong feelings about, some of them Philip had strong feelings about, and some of them were kind of like, you know, that's either or, and we kind of just split them up evenly after that. Um, and and Philip was really good at coming up with procedures of, of like, okay, this is how we code this to know whenever I'm done and you should read it and when we should send it to the beta readers. And there's like step-by-step -step processes and it worked well, but but it was a, a figuring out of how to make that the, the process move smoothly without us having to constantly ask each other questions. And so and we did yeah. take cha each chap, you know, each of us did different chapters. We did. So. so beta readers got chapters, chapter by chapter. Yes. Yeah. So what's the standard operating procedures? <laughs> <laughs> OK, OK, we'll go into that. Um, well, so for each chapter, there's a progression of events for every single chapter. Um, so, for example, um, the chapter kicking aside the I'm 70 and still single fear. You know, that's one of our chapters in the book wow. uh, because that's a fear that I had to deal with for a long time. And so I would write it. And then after I finished writing it, like I needed to know myself, like where I was in my own process. So I had I would put a one at the beginning of the chapter title if I finished writing it. And then a two if I had finished reviewing it myself. Uh, saying that it's like done now and then I think a three was I sent it up like is saying like hey Connie now it's your turn to look at this book well look at this chapter and let me know what you think and so then Connie would look at it and then she'd send it back to me as a 4a <laughs> <laughs> I love it and then that meant like hey I've looked at it I've left some comments and then so then I would look at it and I would change it from a 4a to a 4b when I finished reviewing her comments and then she would change it to a 4C if she looked at this comments and had more comments. And then we just kept flipping back between 4B and 4C, 4B, 4C, 4B, 4C, until finally it became a 5A. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I don't remember the exact I think process. 5A meant it was done for us, but we still had to send it to the beta readers. And then yeah. like after the beta readers, we'd be like, okay, 5B, the beta readers have looked at it. Now we need to look, adjust it according to the beta readers' yeah. comments. So it was, it was kind of a process, but it really helped with communication. Yes. <laughs> I just felt so nerdy coming up with this whole <laughs> process because it's, 
but it was really helpful because then we'd have to like go through all the conversation that we've had of like, okay, this, this chapter, where are we at in this chapter? Oh, okay. We're right here. So that was really helpful. But, um, I mean, honestly, I'm so glad to have co-written this with Connie because the nice thing is we both had different, uh, standards of, um, I can't think of the word standards of <laughs> what is the word? You mean uh, like our writing style, maybe? Yeah. Our writing style, but just like levels of, um, goodness. That's the only word excellent. I can think of. Or, yes. Yeah, excellent. Excellent. Thank you, Connie. See, this is why I co-write with Connie. Um, but what you're saying is communication for a project like this is so, so important. It's yeah, key, isn't right. it? Without without good communication, mm-hmm. any project is going oh, yeah. to just fold. Absolutely. How long did it take to write? Uh, well, <laughs> maybe the first draft. What do you think? Like six months? Well, yeah, we finished the first draft in, I think it was October of last year. Okay. Um, so with little- like with getting the comments back from everybody. Then we sent it to our editor and then we worked on that and finished that by like January, right? Mm-hmm. And then we sent it off to a publisher and then we met with Alan Arnold. Thank you, Alan. And he said, hey, this is rubbish. You guys should reorganize the whole thing. And we're like, ugh. <laughs> It's, so we had to reorganize what well, we prayed about and we decided, you know, that's that's it's a smart thing to do. If we're going to publish a book on this, we might as well make it really good, even if it takes a lot of work. It's like, ah, OK. <laughs> um, and so for all of you listening, this is a very polished book. <laughs> we have put a lot of hours into it to make it the best book and the best experience for you. <laughs> what would you what would either of you say? to somebody that, that, so I meet a lot of people on social media and uh, uh, the the questions usually progress into, I know where it's going to go. Uh, They they usually say, well, they ask where you live uh, and uh, I tell them to read my my bio uh, (laughs) (laughs) because they're lazy. And then they get round to, there's three questions they ask. Uh, are you married? Are you single? Mm-hmm. Uh, um, can you send a photograph? Mm-hmm. Uh, and questions like, like that, you know, are, are you interested in me? Yeah, I want to have a, a relationship with you. This, these are desperate, desperate people. Mm-hmm. You, you, you know, and I, this, your book is aimed at these people. Uh, and I know we're running out of time, but what if you met somebody face to face like that? Instead of saying read the book, what would you say to them now? Uh, Ricardo, you should go first on this. You you always speak better than I do. <laughs> I don't know about that. Um, well, just that really, I mean, we have a chapter titled "Marriage Doesn't Complete You." Um, and it, it really doesn't. Um, I use the example of as an author, I thought finally having the perfect office with a perfect desk and having everything organized perfectly around me, I would just be this prolific author who never stopped, you know, words would just keep coming. And then I, I got that office and, and now I realize that I'm still the person behind the desk. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like the same thing happens in marriage. Like you um, you think marriage, same thing. You have this idolizing fantasy about how it's going to be and you get it. And then you're like, oh, wait, I'm still me. 
<laughs> I still have to, if I want to be a happier person and a better person and closer to the Lord, I still have to do the work to become a happier, more mentally healthy and closer to the Lord person. Like it doesn't happen automatically, whether you're single or married, it is not the ticket to being a complete individual. So my advice to everyone is do the work on yourself um, and and pour yourself into the word of God and following it instead of how much energy so many people, like you said, put into trying to find that significant other as the thing that they believe is going to complete their lives. Yeah, I would yeah. add to that as well. And, and using your, your book title, um, that if you just except the first person that comes along or any person that comes along like me, that they're so desperate, um, then you are accepting, accepting second best mm-hmm. and you deserve the best, don't you? Mm-hmm. What yeah. would you like we have to chapters that? about that too, like what to look for in a spouse and reasons mm-hmm. to get married versus reasons not to stay single and, and things like that. Because so many people I had, Lots of people who tell tell you stories when you're writing a book about this. I heard a lot of people's stories about being single and and have, how they did eventually get married. And so many people did say, I married him because he was the first person who came along and I thought I wouldn't find anyone else. And yeah. that is um, definitely not, not a, a, a I can't, I'm not going to say it can't lead to a happy marriage, but <laughs> I'm going to say that it is a dangerous path to take if you are looking for a happy and healthy relationship. Yeah. Yeah. And just as you said, Brendan, that, um, you know, if we're saying like, yes, marriage is great, it's God's creation, you know, it's great. It's at this level, but singleness is also at that level. You know, singleness is also great. It's God's creation as well too, you know, and God can use you just as much as he can use someone who's married. The thing that is second best, as you said, is marrying outside of God's will. That is very obviously far worse than either of those two. So we just really need to be careful with that. But what I would say to um, people who are listening or just to somebody who is single and could really use this book. Um, so for you, if you're listening and if you're single, um, I would ultimately say like, you know, this book is not necessarily about correcting you. This isn't about changing you. This isn't about saying you're wrong mm-hmm. or that your priorities are all wrong. This is about coming alongside you sharing our own stories, how God has helped us grow, um, sharing our frustrations, our difficulties, and ultimately holding tight to God's promises Mm. to be able to recognize and believe that God is good, (laughs) that he has a plan for us, you know, that just because we're single doesn't mean that he's neglected us or forgotten us or is punishing us. He's not doing any of that. You know, he is leading us and we can trust him with that. We can trust God. If God is willing to come down to earth, to die on the cross, to save us from our sins because he loves us that much. Don't you think he's going to give us what is good? And in some cases, that good plan is singleness. Yeah. We don't fully understand it, but we can trust God with that. And so one of our main purposes behind even choosing our title and our book cover is we wanted this to be a welcoming book for singles, because honestly, a lot of the difficulty of being single is not in the single it's in the people around the single or even in the church sometimes, unfortunately. Yeah. And so, you know, there's a lot of, we have a chapter in here called apologizing on behalf of the church. 
And I just love this chapter. Connie did a great job with it. But, you know, I think there's a lot the church needs to change in order to truly care for singles well. Because for me personally, a lot of my, I guess, false ideals of marriage or my belief that I was promised marriage, a lot of that came from the church. When pastors said things like, you know, one day you'll understand you singles about what marriage is like, or, you know, when you meet your spouse, you know, or God has someone out there for you. We don't know that, you know, (laughs) God never, God never says that in his words. So why are we saying that? And we want this book to be a refreshment and encouragement to singles. (laughs) When, when is the book out? Well, the, the Kindle version is already available for pre-order, yeah. but the paperback and hardcover will be available August 23rd. And we are so excited. So that's next week. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, well, it's not next week because this is going out in September. (laughs) (laughs) So it will be out by the time this Yes. The ebook actually doesn't release the same day. It comes out on September 4th, but either way, they'll both be out by then. And that's available worldwide. Yes. All good bookshops. Online. Right. That one one that begins with A. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) But we're running out of time. Connie White. I've been chatting to Connie White and to Philip Wilder on on the Creative Christians chat show. I'm going to quickly pray because the clock is ticking down. And uh, it's been fantastic just chatting to you and this book this book is incredible it really is the chapters headings that you've talked about are just so so needed this is going to it's going to fly off the shelves it should fly off the shelves lord i pray that this book will fly off of the shelves that the people that need it will 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 find it Lord, the singles and the married people, the married people that need to be able to communicate to the singles and the singles that need to be able to understand that it's okay to be single and that God has a purpose for all of us. Lord, I thank you that you have that purpose for each of us. Lord, and that being complete is about having you in us, whether we're married or single. But this book has got so much more in it than just that short sentence. And I I pray now for people listening that they would, they would get something out of these words that have been spoken, that they would be inspired by, by it, that they would not feel rejected. The singles listening would not feel rejected, that you accept them and you have a purpose for them. Lord, I pray for Connie and for Philip, Lord, that you will bless them abundantly with this book, Lord, that, uh, and that it will open up doorways and avenues to other things as well pray this in your name jesus amen amen thank you for listening to the creative christians chat show it's been great having you here with me today don't forget to share this podcast with your friends i'm brendan conboy and you can find me at brendanconboy.co.uk where you can buy me a cup of coffee if you like to support me and my creative work Follow me also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and YouTube. For now though, God bless and goodbye.